What's going on, everybody? Episode two of I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy, Keese, my co-host, Kyrie. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Yo, week one did not disappoint. No. Not at all. <laughs> did not disappoint at man, all. Man, don't you just miss, like, you make all these predictions about the NBA. And some of them, like, come true or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but in the end, the drama just is second to none. NBA drama, better than every other sports it's drama. It's definitely the best drama. But before we get to the NBA drama, I have to address some Twitter drama real quick. All right. What's up? Uh, we, we dropped our first episode. And in the first episode, I said I can't stand Draymond. And the next thing I know, I'm getting tweets like, Marquise, you have to explain this. Why don't you like Draymond Green? Yeah. And you know what? I, I apologize to all you guys out there. I was trying I was trying to make my point and trying not to lose myself mm-hmm. in that point. So I kind of just like skipped <laughs> by it. But, you know, I put it in the show notes this week. We weren't going to let it go. So, no, I understand. So, You're holding I, me so, accountable. So, so I need to know. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like Draymond Green, Marquise? All right, listen. This is this is what I just don't think he's really that tough. Fake tough guy. He's All a right. fake tough guy. But I have to take it back. It's not that I don't like Draymond Green. I can't stand Draymond Green. <laughs> but if he was on my team, I'd love him. I'd yeah. love him. That's the type of player he is. He's like kind of like Kevin Garnett. When Kevin Garnett was in Minnesota, yeah. it's like, fam, get this guy out of here. But as soon as KG came to the Celtics, it's like, man, I'm rocking with KG. Love him. Being a Chicago Bulls guy, you know, there's the Dennis Rodman thing. But then there was also Joakim Noah, same kind of guy. He's still around in the league. Yeah. At, at his peak, he was absolute. Well, I mean, he still is. He's over here. He's over here telling people it's okay to double team in, in uh, open Joakim gym. Joakim Noah <laughs> is a great example. He's, yes. a, he's, he's a great example of how I feel about Draymond. Like, if yeah. Joakim Noah is not on your team, you can't stand Annoying him. the but hell But if he's on your you. team, it's like, go, man, hustle. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You talk talk that mess. All right, go before ahead. we jump. And then the, the other thing we got to talk about before we get into the week one yes, and you indeed. grew up watching this guy you know what i'm saying he, he won six championships for the bulls but yep. he is a horrible judge of talents Ooh. and i am talking about none other <sighs> than michael jordan so you seen what he said about steph he said steph curry is not a hall of famer do you agree okay look number one when <laughs> i <laughs> number one I want to address the people because because I know I got in a couple of like little Twitter arguments with people about this who are like, he's just saying that he isn't a Hall of Famer yet. And it's like, yeah, no shit, because he's not done playing. Why you why do you need why do you need to tell us that? You know, and and, and the only reason you say something like that is literally to be petty. That's a two-time MVP, uh-huh. one of them a unanimous MVP, uh-huh. led the greatest regular season team of all time. Mm-hmm. Three-time champion, do not sit up there and tell me, oh, well, we got to wait to make his bust for this. It's like, get out of here, man. Right, you, nobody is, was wait, no one was waiting to make your bust when This you is retired. how I feel about the Jordan statement. He has GOAT level of pettiness. People would talk about the trash. He would talk on the court to them. You know this what I'm saying? Man, and people will be over here talking about like, oh, yeah, like, you know, LeBron is like so conceited and stuff. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan told Reggie Miller he was black Jesus on the court. <laughs> on the court. Don't sit up there and talk to me about humility and about me, me, me attitudes. Well, I Michael Jordan listen, called himself black Jesus. We gotta I don't want to hear listen, none We got to find the audio of Michael Jordan calling himself black Jesus. He just walk up to him like, so, no, so, so a little bit, Jesus. So, so a little bit of, okay, so I watched this a few times, a little bit of background here. So now this is partly on Reggie. Because he decided he was going to sit up there and, and talk trash to uh-huh. Mike yeah. in like their first matchup together, uh-huh. he was ha- he was feeling himself a little bit, and then Mike goes off on him mm-hmm. and and like you know 
drops like 30 points and like ruins the Pacers. Mm-hmm, he walks mm-hmm. up to Reggie and says, you don't talk about black Jesus that way. Not only, <laughs> not only did he not say, I am black Jesus, this dude referred to himself in the third person calling himself black Jesus. And that's why Jordan's the GOAT right now. You know, right now, Jordan's the GOAT. So when the rest of these players finish their careers, like Steph, and he's yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, maybe he'll be in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I just, man, stuff like that just bothers me because it's, it's number one, an old head thing, right? People talk about new players today like, oh, you can't compare them to the greats. You know, they're not on that level. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a nostalgia thing, and it's an unwillingness to... And, and like I see some people talking about like, oh, well, Michael Jordan said Steph's not a Hall of Famer, so he must not be. Get out of here. I mean, that, the same thing happens in music. You know what I'm saying? You see, yeah. you have like, you know, you have the old rockers and then the new rockers and the old rockers are like, man, I can't stand these new rockers. I don't like this music. What is this? And the you know new guys saying? are like, you're old and tired. I mean, and you all see, that like stuff. Uh, an example, like the Beatles came out and people, some people probably didn't like the Beatles when they came out. Course, I know a man. lot of people did not like Nirvana when they first came out. You know what I'm saying? And they're one of the greatest bands ever. So it, like I said, you'll see the same thing in in different aspects of life. Yeah, but bottom line, Michael Jordan, greatest player of all time, whack. He's a horrible judgment of talent, and it shows in his team. (laughs) His his opinions of players are whack, and they've been like that for years. So spare spare me with that, MJ. I don't want to hear that. All right, so let's move on to week one. Like you were saying, week one of the NBA season did not disappoint at all. First, Zion is injured. Out six to eight weeks, he had to have surgery on his knee. He was not there for the first game against the Toronto Raptors in Toronto with the Pelicans, but... Still took it to overtime. Mm-hmm. And and that Pelicans team, man, like, okay, they lost. And, and number one, um, kudos to the Toronto Raptors. Because yeah. not everybody gets it done on ring night. This for, is true. One, this is one true. Thing. And then you lost Kawhi, you know, unquestionably your best player. And questionably. What? Kawhi Leonard was no, no, their no. best player no, last I, year. No, I said unquestionable. Oh, unquestionable. I promise okay, you okay, I said unquestionable. Okay. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And so you lost Kawhi, and now you're you're counting on Pascal Siakam to step up and Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry to be anything other than well, hot trash. Siakam proved that he is worth every cent of the bag they gave him. Yes. And Fred Van Vliet is like, I need more. <laughs> Give me more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry... Kyle Lowry just did Kyle Lowry things. Kyle Lowry still trash, but <laughs> but you know what? Hits a, hits a you know clutch jumper down the stretch and everybody gets to feel good about it. At the same time, real quick, the Pelicans though, I really liked what they were doing. Oh my god, I like. I really like the way they move the basketball. My guy I, Lonzo, baby. I like the way Lonzo. Lonzo, after you know, kind of kind of fixing and tweaking that jump shot a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's never gonna look like the prettiest thing you've ever seen, but every single year it starts looking more and more right. And now he's sh- he's shooting it with some confidence. I mean, he, the he thing believes that he's gonna make threes. these kids are young. You know what I'm saying? And if we put a lot of pressure on them on year one, year two to be everything that we think they can be, you got to give them a chance. You know, Lonzo had similar stats to Jason Kidd his rookie year, and you see what Jason Kidd ended up. You know what I'm saying? I think he's like number two all time in assist. So give Lonzo a chance, and he's gonna do his thing. But Brandon Ingram, I don't know, man. I, the, the jury stole out on him for me. To go to your point in which you mentioned last week uh, about Marquise Chris and what Draymond was saying about him, I think that Brandon Ingram finally has a team around him where he can actually flourish. 
And, you know, that's absolutely something he didn't have in his first couple of years. And he, he maybe got a little bit of that encouragement when he was playing alongside LeBron. And LeBron was making a point to feed him last year a little bit and try to get him involved. But it's too At much the, pressure, though. It's LeBron feeding you. Yeah, it, it, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I think that... There's a there's a little bit of a squad here, a young squad, and yeah. so you think they're playoff contenders this year. I'm not sure. I gotta see what Zion looks like when he comes back. I, I have them out of the playoff picture for now, but I don't think that's gonna last very long because mm. they've got some good players, man. They this really do. They're they're just young and they need some time to develop and and play alongside each other a little bit. Mm. But I'll tell you what, man, like I just I just like the way they played basketball. Yeah, I yeah. I really did. They they ran, they played with pace, they moved the ball around a lot. Like that whole game was just good basketball this all around true. to me. They, everybody true. was moving around, making the extra pass, finding shooters in the corners, attacking the lane. Um, you know, I, th- I really think those point guards just just played excellent basketball in that Pelicans Raptors game. Yeah, that Pelicans Raptors game was definitely a really good game, and like you said, it went to overtime, and that was really good. So, game two of that night was the Lakers versus the Clippers in Kawhi, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. What? I mean, the Lakers had Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the floor, and Kawhi did what Kawhi does. Kawhi, Kawhi was the best player on the floor. He was best player on the floor, yeah. but that Clippers bench is so deep. Oh my <sighs> God. The Clippers are elite. Elite. Not only, they beat the Lakers on, on opening night, and then they they handed the Warriors a... a, a, a Throttled them. <laughs> like, what? What? They took, they took them out back. It they, was took, just, they took them in the alley. Like, what was going... And, uh, and, and we can talk about the Warriors, too, but let's, let's focus on the, on, on the yeah. first game. Uh, the Lakers and the Clippers, it, it was a good game. It showed me a lot. Um, the Lakers need another piece, and if the Clippers can stay healthy for the whole season, the championship's pretty much theirs. I'll tell you what, man, they're they're so far and away the best team in the league right now. And then there's some other good teams in the West. Like, we're, we're, we're not saying that there aren't, but... Denver I, Nuggets was looking good. They, they're definitely looking good. The Portland Trailblazers look good. I'll tell you a dark horse mm-hmm. for me. We're going to get to this a little bit later. I don't know how it will go in, in, in a series, but Ooh. Mavs. The Mavs and the, the Timberwolves are two teams, I think, because Carl Cat, Anthony Towns Cat, balled out his first game. And he had, like... 34. He had a double-double. He had 34 and like 16 or something like that. He dropped like seven threes or something like that. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like, wow. I mean, the X factor for the Minnesota Timberwolves is Anthony Wiggins. You know what I'm saying? Is he going to ever make the turn? No. I I love. (laughs) But if um, he can be consistent, he'll be good. Somebody resurrected this tweet that Mm -hmm. was like, I asked a couple of years ago if Anthony if Anthony Wiggins was the best terrible player in basketball or the worst good player, and I still don't know the answer. <laughs> and it's just like, you know what? That's a really good way of putting that. All right, so what were you saying that uh, your dark horse is going to be the Dallas Mavs? I think it might be the Mavs, man. Luka is Luka's kind of the truth, man. Listen. And, and, and somebody was over here talking about he's kind of like, he's the best version of James Harden, not in Houston. Wow. Well, because he's, he's turning into an ISO dude right now. He was doing it a little bit last year, but that's he's, exactly he's, he's why they got That's now. exactly why they got rid of Dennis Smith. You don't that's need exactly him when you got they, Luka doing it. Exactly. And Luka does it better. But going back to that, that first game, we're talking Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers still need to... Get a little bit of comfort because mm-hmm. LeBron, LeBron and AD are gonna be good, but they need some time to figure figure things out. AD's jumper was not working. Um, you can't expect the Danny Green performance like that not, ever again. No, you're not. You're not getting 28 <laughs> points from Danny Green every night. And, 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 and like to be clear, right? When people talk about LeBron, 
not having help and and stuff like that. We're not necessarily saying that about this game, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you had Anthony Davis and, and Danny Green, you know, put up. This some isn't good about LeBron totals. needing help. It's about the Lakers needing help. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and, and and another thing to point out, LeBron did not have his best game. That's no, true. No. It, it, that's definitely true. It's like you look at the raw stats, and yeah, he like almost had a triple double, but yeah, eighteen yeah, points. He wasn't definitely. he wasn't very efficient. You know, I still think that there needs to be they need to figure out for one the another shot creator which they might get when you get Kyle Kuzma back mm. because mm. you know we we haven't factored in the fact that he's not back yet but i still think they might want to make a move down the road to see about you know another guard you know yeah. maybe maybe a, a shot creating guard somebody who can take a little bit of the ball handling responsibility off of lebron cuz yeah like you know they're talking about him playing the but point they got guard Rondo. right now yeah, see, see, they have Rondo in terms of being a floor general, but Rondo can't shoot. So so that's going to be one thing. He's a liability in that sense. So when you put him on, on the floor, you're going to have teams just giving him the shot. They're going to sag off in the paint. There's not going to be a lot going on inside. They're going to double on LeBron and Anthony Davis and stuff like that when they get into the post, and you're just going to rely on Rajon Rondo to not suck at shooting threes. So in conclusion, the Lakers are still incomplete. <laughs> they're still they're still incomplete. They're, but, I, I, they're they're still going to be good because they have LeBron and AD. And yeah. honestly, they they have they have the makings of a nice little squad. It's not like they're it's not that everybody else is trash. Like you got so, some good role players. So the Lakers are incomplete and the Clippers are complete. Well, oh my God, that's what I'm saying. Let's get so let's let's, let's let's stick with let's stick with yeah. Oh let's God. stick with the Clippers right now. Let's get to that second game when they played the Warriors. Oof. The Clippers just again showed that they are elite. Right? They showed that they are elite, but. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna kind of circle around to what we was talking about in episode one. We was talking about chemistry with the Warriors and D'Lo. The Warriors are in a spooky, spooky place right now. Draymond Green got injured, and they couldn't do nothing. I mean, Steph can't do what Steph does because they don't have to worry about Klay Thompson and KD on the wings anymore, just getting the kickout passes. So people are just like you could just see it. People are just gonna double, triple team Steph and just give him a run for his money and really just try to tire him out. You know, that was always the the deadly thing, right? And Pat Beverly said they've been cheating long enough. I know, I know, right? (laughs) Yo, Pat... Pat Beverly wants all the smoke right now. All and the it's, smoke. It's wonderful. He does. Yeah. He does not care. He knows he's on a squad. He's feeling good. He's feeling good. And, and he and he's playing well. So, and that so, swagger, I mean, that swagger, thing. I think, is Absolutely. contributing to the Clippers' overall makeup. They're mean on defense, dude. They hustle. And they still they got, don't have they got Paul length, George. And they still don't have Paul George, which is just ridiculous. But going back to the Warriors, where you have. What made them so deadly is like if you have that that high screen with like Steph Curry and Draymond, you can you can dump it off to Draymond, or you could have you know Draymond operating you know high up in the post, and he you know he you know catches the ball, penetrates in the lane. He's such a good passer mm-hmm. that if you got Steph running around the screen in the corner, or you got Clay Thompson spotting up or something like that, he he can find you anywhere and mm-hmm. and, and get you open shots. That's going to be a problem if Draymond a well, for one thing, Draymond A not being healthy, and the fact that Clay Thompson, as Steve Kerr has said, very well might not play at all this year. That's huge, man. Because well, and and that's a big problem for like them I defensively. Said, it's spooky for the Warriors, it's man. A, it's it a is big, spooky. It's a big problem for them defensively too, because Clay Thompson is such a good defender, and now you have to worry about who's guarding who now. Yeah. So now, do you have Steph and D'Lo? guarding you know the opposing guards that's not nearly as good if russell 
didn't go for his 10-point streak, they, they could have really, really got blown out because he scored their first 10 points, and it kind of, like, put a little spark under them. Yeah. And it kind of, like, I think for the Warriors fans, it was like, okay, he's one of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know, though, if they have that microwave mode anymore, man. Where they you're don't. Get, where you're getting— They don't have that third quarter where you're just going to come back, and they don't have And they're going to drop 19 points on That's you in, happening. like, three it's minutes. not happening. It's not happening. I, I don't think they got it. All right, so let's move over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we had the Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, still, still opening week of the NBA. Brad Stevens is exposing himself right now that he may need to do a better job. You got to tell me a little bit more about that because because Brad Stevens is lauded as one of the best coaches, you know, young coach in, in the NBA. He's got a talented roster. Well, this is this is my hot take. This is my hot take. All right, let, so let's this, see it. Let's this see is it. how I'm feeling. Right. So last year, everybody wanted to talk about chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. We got rid of all the bad juju. All the bad juju's gone. Kyrie's gone. Terry Rosea's gone. Kyrie's over here dropping 50 uh, points on people. In, in, the, in the biggest debut ever. You know what I'm saying? Al Horford's gone. And here we are with this new Celtics team. We bring in Kimba Walker. Gordon Hayward's back to what he, he should be. You know what I'm saying? But it just looked real cluttered out there on offense. It didn't. I didn't see as much ball movement as I, I feel like I needed to see. And it, it, just, it made me sit down and start thinking about when Brad had IT and Al Horford. And he was able to kind of run plays. You know what I'm saying? Like legit run plays, pick and rolls, stuff like that. Kind of did that with Kyrie a little bit. But at the same time, Kyrie's an isolation player. And we have a team full of isolation players. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Haywood. You know what I'm saying? You got Kimball Walker. These are four players who need the ball in their hand to be able to make things happen. They can also, you know, with ball movement, make things happen a little smoothly. But at the same time, I feel like Brad Stevens isn't really putting them in a position to have a affluent, effective offense, which then in turn affects their defense because they're not getting back on defense the way they need to. And the Sixers hit so many open three-pointers. It was just like, oh, my God. I'll tell you what. So I— I mean, Do I sound crazy? Well, look, people have always <laughs> said about Brad Stevens, um, when, when they point to a couple of years ago when they took LeBron's calves, you mm -hmm. know, to Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals, and and they you know, went to the Eastern Conference Finals before that with IT, that Brad Stevens coaches best with, you know, a team where he has to extract, like, every little bit of talent out of you because he doesn't necessarily have the big star power. For example, like, a couple years ago when they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, one game away from the Finals, they didn't have Kyrie. And they, or Gordon and, 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 and they didn't have Gordon Hayward. So... And, and and Jason Tatum was a rookie, so it's like you're you're working with materials that are still kind of waiting to be molded a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have that opportunity for Jason Tatum to get in camp with Kobe and Kobe go over here and mess him up and be like just shoot mid range all the time and just jack up shots and all that. Mm. Like they were running real offense. Maybe it's difficult right now. And and one reason that we talked about in terms of giving him the benefit of the doubt is the fact that Kemba. This was his first real game yeah, yeah, with these yeah. guys. So so maybe that helps when he gets more comfort. But again, when you have all of these guys that are starting to think, like, I'm the guy, I need the ball, it's my turn, I want to get an ISO, I want to step back three, I want to take this guy to the rim, as opposed to finding guys around the perimeter, mm -hmm. kicking the ball around, mm -hmm. running pick and roll effectively, yeah. and stuff like that, then... You're gonna have some problems. There were some bad shots, and and we saw okay, some bad shots I, that's from what, the Celtics. That's, that's the only thing I'm gonna kind of give them the benefit of the doubt with. Yeah, is Kimba Walker is still working his way into the team, right? And two, there was a lot of missed shots. 
not only missed open shots, but there was a lot of bad shots. And I think that the bad shots happened because they wasn't connected on their open shots and they start to force things. And then you have bad ball movement. So I don't want to just say that the Celtics are not going to the championship because just last week I said they're going to the championship. But I will say that Brad Stevens needs to make some adjustments. And I think that the, the players need to buy into it because, yeah. because again, yeah. I, I, I feel like, you know, this is something, right? You have a couple of young stars, especially in Jason Tatum mm-hmm. and Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. that know that they're the guys. They know that they're supposed to be the stars of this team. Mm-hmm. They have to lead by example here and buy into this and move the ball and, and get back on defense. And it's on them. They're the guys. So it starts with them as well. So I, I would say that, you know, it's not just on Brad Stevens. It's on these young dudes you're looking to be the cornerstones of your franchise This as is well. true. This is true. All right. So, you know, since we're talking about the Celtics, let's, let's take it to Kyrie. He's departed the Celtics and had the biggest debut ever for a player with a new team in the Flame NBA. throwing. 50 points. I had to send out a tweet the next morning. Like, listen, guys, I, I know I said I'm not a Kyrie fan anymore, but... I have to take that back. <laughs> I mean, you got to <laughs> The I, guy is nice. You have to be a fan of that. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, man. That, yeah, that no, was rough. And, bro, like, okay, you play, did you play NBA Street growing up? I did, yes. Yo, because I... Cause he was I, doing all the moves. <laughs> that last move, on, honest to God, if that shot had gone in... He didn't like, do that on purpose, though. He no, no, fall, no, he but, did but, He but, didn't, but the fact that... But the that fact that he, that's a move... And he was able to recover that into that just, move. That he could just do that and get <laughs> off a shot. And, and it's like, it wasn't a perfect shot, and it wasn't in rhythm. It wasn't what he wanted. And but that's if he would have made that. That's probably ultimately why he missed. Like, man, if he had made that shot, I would have had to, like, leave the room, leave the house, and, like, and like take a walk around the block and, like, collect myself. If he would have made that, oh I would have had a hard time watching the NBA because I've talked so much trash about Kyrie since he's <laughs> left the Celtics. And if he would have hit that shot, it would have just been like, man. Your boys would have been blowing you up oh in the Oh, my in the God. Room. I mean, oh it was already, God. people were blowing me up. They were already like, giving you see, it to you. You see your guy. They already it And I'm just like, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. Well, yeah, man, shout out to Kyrie Irving, man. That was a great debut for the Brooklyn Nets. And you have made me a fan again. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Now, MVP. Do you have an early front runner for MVP right now? Well, right now it's Kawhi. Right now, Kawhi. Right now it's Kawhi. You're I, going Kawhi. I'm going Giannis. Okay. I'm you know, going I mean, that, well, that's fair. So, so right, right now, here's here's what I got. My my three guys that I think are probably going to be the front runners for most of this year is Kawhi, LeBron, and Giannis. Because you got Braun in there. Yes, I got I got Kawhi, Giannis, and James Harden. That's fair. James Harden, James Harden's on that list. The reason I say LeBron is because, number one, you're putting him, you know, kind of in that role that he's always been best at, which I think is going to allow him to put up some of, these, some of these, you know, all-around numbers. I also got to say, man, because I was thinking about this the other day when you're talking about Kawhi and whether or not he's the best player in the game. And right so far, you know, he was definitely the best player on the floor in those first two games that the Clippers have played. And that's going to only bolster his case to potentially be, you know, the MVP. Um, again, you know, 80 more games, right? But they're just, I watch him play, and as good as he is, there's just these parts where it's like, but it's not quite LeBron. I still think that that a yeah. full, that a fully engaged LeBron James is is still the best player in basketball. And I just can't shake that it's feeling, like the, man. It's like season LeBron or playoff LeBron. Like Kinda, a fully yeah. engaged playoff LeBron for a full season. Like if you can get playoff LeBron for a full season, 
like MVP. No, like, hands like down. If, like if he starts filling himself in, mm-hmm. with with the threes and he starts gelling a little bit with with Anthony Davis, I I just right now I just think that there's still a level even at 34 years old. When I, wa- when I watch how easily he can just still turn it on, that there are just levels that Kawhi can't touch yet. So you said you had Kawhi, LeBron. I still I still got Kawhi in terms of who do I actually think would be the MVP. Okay, it's, so, prob- it's probably Kawhi. And then the other two were LeBron. LeBron and Giannis. Okay, LeBron and Giannis. So I'm going Kawhi, James Harden, and Giannis. And the reason why I'm going James Harden is because we haven't even talked about the first Rockets game that has happened in the season. But I'm going with James Harden because I really do feel like Russell Westbrook is going to take that step back that he needs to take in order for it to work. And, and he, w- he would have to be the one. And that's what I've seen. That's, yeah, it's James Harden's team, but that's what I've seen in game one. And it's just like, man, if Russell Westbrook and James Harden can actually make this work, which I believe they will do, because they actually care about each other, and they want like they're showing. You you seen the clip of them at the uh, at the Astros game in the the pitch? Yep. <laughs> it was pretty funny. No, yeah, they, they, it's like they're ducking. It's like yeah, what yeah, is yeah. going on? For for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, so so Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden are at the Astros game. They got seats behind home plate. Yep. A, a pitch is thrown, and they both like lean sideways and like duck out of the way at the same time <laughs> it was like all it was all insane protective netting and everything yeah, it's just yeah, like, ex- exactly but but it's like you know dudes still out there flinching you know that's how you can tell they haven't been around much baseball yeah yeah right? they have, but 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 the fact that they flinched the same exact way it was so funny sh- it shows it was, how much was, in sync they are it and, was and comical they, yeah they may actually be able to make this work the, i mean yeah the reason i didn't have and, and again it was for for me it was either like him or Giannis, they're kind of like my 3A, 3B sort of thing. Mm-hmm. With James Hart, I, I wonder, I'm just waiting to see how that dynamic is going to work with, with the two of them. And I'm willing I'm willing to, you know, kind of adjust as time goes on to see if Russ does take that step back. Because James Harden, still the best scorer yeah. in the NBA. I noticed that um, D'Antoni, the coach for the Houston Rockets, had put uh, Eric Gordon coming off the bench. And we talked about this with Eric Gordon, man, because he's always been a dude who could who could score. Always score. been always been a dude Although who he didn't shoot. have a good first game. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. But, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold anybody accountable for yeah, no stats in the first game. Yeah, right? You yeah. all get a pass. But game 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it's like Eric Gordon on average is is he's he is a scorer. He's a great second option, you know, and even best as a third option. But but yeah, like when you can have when you can stagger those minutes. And that was something that I, that's something I feel like they're going to be able to get so much more out of Russell Westbrook being that second guy than they were going to get out of Chris Paul, if not just because of availability and the fact that Russell Westbrook will actually be on the floor. Yeah. But, you know, in in terms of being able to have either Russ or James Harden on the floor at either time, at either time. And then potentially when you're resting one of them, you have Eric Gordon. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's Uh, nice. And you got P.J. Tucker in a corner who hits the most corner threes ever. You know, (laughs) this guy It's going to be interesting. So let's 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 keep it Western Conference right now. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Because you mentioned Christoph Porzingis to me a little earlier in the day. I mean, you were just kind of talking. Him and Luca together looks kind of crazy. So, so I mean, just looking at this, they combined for 57 points in, mm. that, in that first game. And Kristaps and didn't play his, you know, accustomed minute load. It was like 29 mm. minutes or something but like the, that. Because you got to remember that, you know, he's still coming off. You know, uh, you know, a long, you know, long year last year where he was you know, off because of injury, <laughs> and you know he's still kind of working his way back and, and all that. But again, you know, twenty three points, 
and he still got that shooting stroke. I was about to say the jump shot looks pure. He's a pure he's shooter. Still got the stroke. And if if Chris stops, jump shot can stay where it's at, and he can just continue to just kind of ease his way back into it. Like you were saying earlier, the, the Dallas Mavericks could be a dark horse. A hundred percent. So we're going into week two of the NBA. What are some of the things you're looking forward to for the first half of the season? So I'm definitely looking to see, and again, there's a lot of like top team sort of stuff. I want to, I want to see what the Clippers do when PG comes back because I think my original thought I was he's going, out for another three weeks. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going back and forth on this, like who's gonna sit when he gets back. And I think now that it's probably going to end up being Landry Shamit that goes to the bench. I was about bench. to say Shamit, yep. I think it's going to be Shamit that goes to the bench because when you have, because Patrick Patterson, for one thing, like he's, uh, he's, he's, starting getting, to, he's starting to play too well. I he's going to get burned. He, he's, he had five threes last night. Oh, he had five threes against the Warriors. He's going to get burned. So, so I think that he's playing probably too well to sit down. And the other thing about it, too, is it you may think about seven, it. It may have been seven threes. Yeah. He had a bunch of threes against the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough to make him get more time. I think it was, yeah, so I actually think it was six. He went six for ten, which is like, I think, same percentage Trey Young went for when, when he was crazy. playing. You know, but, but again, when you talk about defensively, it's like, who do you want that Kawhi uh, PG duo to be guarding? And it's like if you would rather have them guard, you know, a two and a three and guard like the wing players as opposed to guarding, having one of them guard a power forward, then you mm-hmm. definitely, because I mean, they're, they're, they're both strong enough and good enough defensively. Like Paul George, like kind of came in, like playing a little bit of a power forward as yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but I think if, if you want to have them both just guarding wings, then you keep Patrick Patterson in the lineup. And then you bring Landry Shaman off the bench. Don't mess with the rest of it, though, because yeah. I'll tell you what, this Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell thing. Fire. Oh, my God. It's crazy. They, it's crazy. Their chemistry is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you, you talk about Lou Williams, like, he's already flamed. He's always been. He's bench. always been one of my he, favorite players. He, he's, he's already getting it done off the bench. But their pick and roll and just, like, the way that, that he continues to find Harrell cutting in the lane and just Harold's activity in general man mm-hmm. like I've liked him for since he was in college I and think to see him kind of finding his game in the pros I, I love it for me some of the biggest things I'm looking forward to from week two and for the first half of the season I'm definitely interested in seeing how the Warriors develop I want to see what's happening because I'm interested in know if, if is this the end of the era is this it you know what I'm saying is, is Steph going to pull something out of his hat and make something you know what I'm saying I just want to see what's going to happen with the you know what low key Steve Kerr was like yeah like this this is not just a blip he actually said this in his post game quotes this is not just a blip on the radar this is this could be our reality games like this could be our reality and it's like what yo you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta really gotta keep reality in perspective shout out to steve kerr for that the second thing i'm looking forward to outside of the warriors and their chemistry and their development is the same thing with the celtics i want to see how they develop i want to i'm looking forward to seeing kimba kind of get comfortable and doing what he's doing and and that's really pretty much all i'm looking forward to not looking forward to but those things i'm going to be kind of looking out for but other than that, I, I, I kind of want to see how things are going to be looking when each team has played 10 games. Yeah. I want And, and I want to see Ja. I want to see um, how he takes charge of that lineup over in Memphis. I want those second-year players, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. I want to see if they continue making this leap. And, of course— They will. I, 
And and I mean, because it's, you know, the biggest story in town, you know, I want to see what these Lakers look like. Because, again, it's it's another one of those deals, right, where, you know, you've got two of the best players in the league together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they need time to gel. I mean, AD said he's still learning how to play with Braun. And yeah. I think that people don't really consider how much of a learning curve it is to play with somebody like a LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? And making sure you're in the right positions to so you guys can both benefit from each other. But, yeah, the Lakers, yeah, it's definitely something. And what's it, what's it going to look like when Kyle Kuzma comes back? Is is he that, you know. X factor. Is he that X factor? Is he that, you know, next score, that next guy that's going to take the pressure off? A hundred percent, I think they got to, I think they got to get somebody else still. Yeah. They're, I think they're going to make a move at the trade deadline, assuming that they're where they expect to be. Because people forget. They were the four seed in the Western Conference before or Bron like, got injured. Until Braun got injured. Yeah. And then and then that's when things started to drop off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we'll we'll see. We'll be back next week. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of I Think I Know Basketball with me, Marquise, Keese, and my guy, Kyrie. 